Hey everyone, welcome back to Staying Connected, a show where I talk to other people with vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome or VEDS, which I also have. This is Katie, your host, and today I have Carly with me who's going to tell her son's story and her own story dealing with vascular EDS. Hey Carly. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for coming on and, and telling us your story and your experience and Chase's experience. Yeah, thank you for having me. So tell me more about Chase. How old is he? he? He is five years old. He just turned five years old a couple of months ago. And when did you find out that he had beds? We found out shortly after he turned two years old. So we've had his diagnosis now for three years. And how did that come about? Um, he started to break a lot of bones, um, which was very unusual. Um, I have four boys total. Um, five kids and he's number four and so our other three boys you know they had just never had any kind of issues like he did and he just seemed um, unusually fragile and between that and low weight gain he was very small for his size um, we just got a little concerned and started to explore um, with a geneticist that we got connected with and they did several blood tests um, several genetic tests, things like that. And after a year of testing and no answers, we got a genetic screening, um, which we went through a private lab to do, and some blood work, and that's what officially diagnosed him with VEDS. And did you know what VEDS was by the time that you got that genetic test result back? No, we had never heard of it before. So tell me about that experience of getting the, getting the diagnosis and how it felt. Um, as a parent... The only word I can use to describe is numb. Um, I remember the words of the geneticist reading it off of the lab sheet and said that he had been diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome type 4 vascular. And the only word that I heard out of that was vascular. And I thought, that can't be good. And as much as she tried to explain, I didn't hear a word that she was saying. My body felt numb and like the room was quiet and, and things were going on, but I wasn't comprehending anything. And it was a big um, shock as a parent to hear that about your child. Was somebody else there with you? My husband was there, yes. Okay. What did they tell you about it? Um, she actually didn't say a whole lot, um, or at least that I remember. Um, I remember her saying that he was extremely fragile and that all of his organs were at a high risk for rupturing. Um, he would need a special medical team and for the rest of his life and lots of medical care. I remember her saying that he needed to wear um, a medical alert bracelet for the rest of his life and that she would start connecting us with other doctors um, to get him the care that he needed. Did you end up getting connected with specialists shortly after that? Um, not too shortly after that. It, it did take what felt like almost a year to finally get a team of doctors in place for him. And um, we were told about the conference that was happening in Las Vegas that, um, oh, actually that same year. Um, it was a few months later and um, some really close friends of mine um, started a fundraiser to help raise money to get us to the conference. And that's where we first met Dr. Byers and came in connection with him. 
as well as some other um, friends that I have become Facebook friends with and things like that, that either are parents with children to beds or have beds themselves. Yeah, I love Dr. Byers. Me too. <laughs> He's great. And the whole Me community too. has really been wonderful too. Yes, they are amazing beyond words. So how has how has life changed um, since that day? Um, my life has become what feels like living in doctor's appointments. I feel like we are in a doctor's appointment once or twice a week, and that's just our new norm. He's been hospitalized twice within the last six months due to bowel issues, and it just this just feels like this is just our normal, and we will be living in doctor's appointments and um, always on edge about the what-ifs with him. So it's, it's a little stressful as parents. It's a little stressful as families um, and with our kids and continuing to explain to them the severity of his condition and to try to explain to him as he gets older the severity of what his life will look like. Mm-hmm. Is he your only child with vets? He is, yeah. He was a spontaneous mutation. So he's the only one in the whole family then? You and your husband don't have it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my husband and I were both tested and we came back negative. Um, and then our other kids were not tested. They told us that there was no need for them to be tested, um, that it was just him. Wow. Yeah. So tell me more about his bowel issues. So he gets constipated extremely easily. Um, his bowels are stretched out so far that he does not have the sensation um, that normal people have and due to the VEDS he can't be constipated because it ups the rupture, the rupture rate um, for him, especially as he gets older. So um, he's been hospitalized a couple times now for um, severe impactions where they've had to um, clear out the impaction through the hospital with an NG tube and um, he just he can't feel it coming and it's a mess and it's a nightmare and it's frustrating and it's hard and uh, just extremely stressful all around and the mm -hmm. doctors can't figure out how to fix it basically. Um, so what yeah. is the NG tube? So the NG tube um, is inserted into his nose and goes down into his stomach. Um, and for him, they have to do it through a guided radiology to make sure they don't nick anything um, when inserting the tube. And then they um, administer a medication called Go Lightly. Mm -hmm. And it's extreme amount of quantities per day that goes into his system. And that breaks down the stool and it breaks down the impaction and clears everything out. Wow. Yeah. Very sorry you're going through that and yeah. that he's going through that. Me too. How has he how has he dealt with it? He deals with medical issues extraordinarily well for a five year old. He always has um, I think it's just normal to him to be in doctors and be in situations and you know, that's that's just all he's known. So considering, he handles it really well. 
How much does he know about his diagnosis? Um, he doesn't know too much because to try to explain such a complex situation to a five-year-old is really hard. Um, we've told him a few times, you know, you're, you were very specially made and sometimes that means you get hurt easy and so there's some things that we can't do, um, like when he wants to play soccer like his brothers, you know, we try to explain to him that, you know, you're just, you're special and you get hurt easy so, you know, we can't, we can't play soccer, which is very hard for a boy with three older brothers to not be able to do the same things that they do. Mm-hmm. How are they with him? They are good with him. Um, they understand that he's very fragile and breakable, so they understand that they have to be easy with him and that there's no wrestling with Chase and you know, if they're on the trampoline, they need to let him jump instead of them jumping with him, um, things like that. So they they are um, they're they're good and they're aware that he has special medical needs. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, it is. So, what kind of things does he like to do? You said you know he couldn't really play soccer with his brothers. Yeah. What kind of things does he like to do that he can do? Um, that he can do. Mm-hmm. He um, he loves to jump on the trampoline. We have a trampoline in the backyard, and that he loves to do them. He loves to ride a bike. Um, he has one of the balance bikes right now that he rides, and he loves that. Um, he loves to do art. He loves to swim. Most things that he does as a little boy, and we try to let him do most of those things with caution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's hard caution. to take those things away from a kid, you know, like Very, you're just a kid yes. and you want to have fun. Yes, it's a hard balance of protecting him and putting him in a bubble and just letting him be a kid. Mm-hmm. Has he met any it's other true. kids with this? He has. Um, We had friends that came to visit us from Utah, and so he got to meet um, a little boy his same age that has beds. Oh, that's so sweet. Yes. How was that? It was good. It It was good as parents to get together and meet and talk about our experiences and our fears and, um, expectations of the future, and it was nice to see the two of them playing, um, together. It was, it was really cute. It was a good experience. That's amazing. I know I've, yeah. I've seen other other kids get together, and it's so special because it's this bond. And I imagine they feel it yes. similarly to how we do as somebody who's diagnosed with VEDS, you know? Right, exactly. somebody else, it's like, wow, somebody who gets it. Yeah, they're like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's so cool to have that as a five-year-old. Yes, yeah. Very much. Tell me more about the the bone the bone breaking. I don't think that's something that I experienced when I was a kid. I'm curious about that. No, and it's not something that I hear is typical with a lot of Ed's patients, which is why for a while they kept suspecting that he had osteogenesis imperfecta before his actual diagnosis. Um, he broke his collarbone. He broke his femur, and he broke um, another bone in his leg. And that bone, we actually didn't even realize that he had broken. He has such a high pain tolerance that um, he got hurt on a bike and limped for about a day and then was fine and was running around and nothing was 
unusual. There wasn't any weird bruising or, you know, any obvious sign of a broken bone. And it was once he broke his femur um, about two months later that they said, oh, well, when did he break this bone? And so as parents, that didn't make us look good because we didn't even know he broke the bone. Um, and that was from, I think, December to February or March. Wow. Is when he broke all three of those bones. Yeah. It was when within a three or four month span, he had broken three bones all back to back. At such a young age, too. Yes. And we had never experienced broken bones surprisingly, with a bunch of boys. So it was very unusual to us. And, you know, as a parent, you know, something's wrong. You don't know what, but something's not right about what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Did he have any of the other um, kind of, I don't want to say minor, but the, the minor criteria, like the, like the physical features? He does actually, which is, um, kind of funny if you look at pictures of my husband when he was a child he has those same features um, if you look at Chase he has the thin lips thin nose um, larger eyes triangular face all of the symptoms or features I should say um, that you read about that a vet's person has he has mm -hmm. but he also looks a lot like my husband when my husband was a child um, he has the same shape in his face things like that so it was interesting to us to see, yes, he does have the characteristics, but then so did my husband as he was younger. And I have a lot of the characteristics of EDS, um, and they actually thought I had that at the conference. Um, most people thought my husband was my caregiver and that I was the one with EDS. Really? Which we found interesting. I have a lot of, the, like, the hypermobility um, characteristics. I have the large eyes, you know, so... It's kind of, it's been interesting to us to see as a genetic standpoint with all the features. That's very interesting. So you yeah. have, you haven't been diagnosed with hypermobile EDS? No, I have not. That's very, I, you're not the first person that I've heard about that, like having some of those hypermobility features and then having a child with vascular EDS. Yeah, it was interesting sitting in one of the seminars and listening to the speaker go over all of um, the things that the signs of hypermobility and a lot of those I could do and I didn't think twice about it before you know but sitting in that conference and showing my husband well I can do that like can everybody do that <laughs> and so it was interesting and then I realized not everybody can do that <laughs> so you know <laughs> guess not <laughs> I just thought I just thought that was me I thought it was double jointed <laughs> oh my gosh that's funny yeah <laughs> So I, who knows? I have no idea. Wow. Um, have you, so as you're meeting like other parents with this, has there been anything that if there was another parent now who is newly diagnosed, like their child was newly diagnosed, is there anything that you would tell them that would have helped you when you were going through it? Um, I would just say to take it one day at a time because if you try to think too far ahead it gets very overwhelming emotionally um, and very hard to deal with so one day at a time um, make sure you line your doctors up because those will be your lifesavers 
and just try to let your child still live a normal childhood as best as possible. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Yeah. That's really great advice. That's what I've learned along the way. What kind of things are you expecting to um, have to deal with as a parent as he grows older? Uh, Much more doctor's appointments and hospitalizations as much as I try to tell myself that, oh, he'll be the one that, you know, won't have any complications, but he's already had complications. Um, So just preparing myself for this, this this is our life now. We, you know, if, if we want to move, we can't be farther, you know, than how long away from a children's hospital. We have to scout out where all the doctors are. And if we go on vacation, we have to figure out where the nearest hospital is. And, um, it just, it changes your whole life. It shifts your whole life. And everything is planned around him and what if something happens. And, um, Everywhere I go, I carry a very large, bright red binder with all of his medical information and the vet's passport so that if, heaven forbid, something do happen to him, I have all of his medical records, very quick access, and whatever the doctors um, may need. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Thank you. Yeah. I'm it's, sorry that you have to go through three that. Years, yeah, it's taken three years to get that binder set, but... It's interesting to see the doctors and nurses' reactions to when I walk in with this huge binder. <laughs> what are those like? What are those reactions like? I remember one nurse, he had um, a full tonsillectomy um, this last October, and one of the nurses walked in right after he came on the surgery and saw the binder, and she patted it and looked at me and said, I need one of you in my life. <laughs> and so I kind of just laughed. She was like, she goes, that's extremely prepared. Like I've never seen anybody else this prepared with information for their child. That's great. You know, there's, there's a lot to it. So there is, yeah, you have to have it ready. Does he get scans or anything now on a regular basis at, at this age when he's so young? He gets EKGs done once a year. And the last visit that we had with his cardiologist a few months ago, he said within the next year or two, he would like to start full body scans with him. Okay. Can they do that all at once? I don't know. We've never done it. We've only done the EKG so far and um, the CT. He's had a CT done and that was once. And then he's had the EKGs done. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how it will work. Right now we travel three hours away to Stanford. Um, in California, and there's a connective tissue disorder clinic there that has several doctors who specialize in patients like Chase. And Mm -hmm. so usually once a year we go to this clinic and we see all of his doctors all at once, and that's where they do the EKG scan, they go over the results, Um, he sees his nutritionist, the geneticist, and we do all that at once. That's awesome. Yeah. Those like those specialist centers are amazing. Oh, a game changer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they're Just like, going okay, back. we're going to schedule all of these appointments together on the same like day or two or it's like, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a very long day, 
<laughs> but it's better than going back six times. Yes. I'm like, I yeah. wish everybody would do that. Like, it's so hard. Um, like, I don't live near one of those centers and trying to get my care coordinated, coordinated is a nightmare yeah. now. And it's, oh, it is. So it's so cool when you find something like that. Yes. You know, within, yeah, I mean, three hours is a drive, but that's, you know, relatively not that far for that type of care. No, we've cut it down to a science. We go down the night before. We usually get to stay in the Ronald McDonald house. Um, we, uh, we try to surround it with some positivity for him. So we take him out to dinner and he gets some fun mommy-daddy time. And um, the Ronald McDonald house is an amazing organization. And they have art rooms and playrooms and stuff for the kids and you know, so we make sure to take him early enough that he gets to play and interact with other kids that are there um, before the six-hour-long doctor's appointment. So at least he has some fun, mm -hmm. you know, roped into a very long day. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. So you've done some stuff to try to raise awareness for beds too, right? I have. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, what I – the most – that I'm working on right now is part of my YouTube channel is dedicated to raising awareness for him um, and in some of the videos I've done interviews with him and he joins me um, for the video um, some of the ones I do experiences with um, hospitals I did a video with him about his surgery that he had in October and just um, raising whatever kind of awareness I can to bring um, to him and to everyone with beds. That's so cool. What is the name of the channel? Yeah. It's Carly's Creations, both with K's. So K-A-R-L-Y-S. Y. And then uh -huh. Creations and then with a K? And Creations with a K, yeah. Cool. I'll get that link from you and I'll put it in the description of this video too, or this podcast. Okay. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. Well, is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners about your experience or his experience or anything? Um, I don't think so. Just to the parents out there, it's hard, I know, and, you know, just know that we're all doing the best that we can for our kids and to lean on the community because there are some amazing people, doctors aside, just amazing people out there um, who are just uplifting and encouraging and are there for you um, during the hard times and the good times. So lean on your community. Thank you. I think that's great advice. Yeah, that's really great. And thank, thank you so much for um, sharing your story and sharing Chase's story. And I hope I get to meet you at, you know, in person one day. Me too. <laughs> I hope so. Yes. COVID-19 yes. crisis. Me too. Me too. Thank but, you so much for having me and letting me share his story. Yeah, thank you. And, um, you know, stay connected for sure. I'm going to go check out oh, your sure. channel and subscribe. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you everybody for listening. This was Carly sharing her son Chase's story with vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and her own experience as a parent um, dealing with the diagnosis and, and dealing with the condition. So thank you so much, Carly. Um, we have episodes of Staying Connected coming out on the last Sunday of every month. So go ahead and subscribe. For the month of May, I am sharing a couple extra episodes to help raise awareness leading up to Reds for Vets Day on May 15th. May 15th is our annual um, you know, awareness day for vascular EDS where everybody in the community wears red and shares a picture of themselves 
wearing red on social media with the hashtag reds for vets so go ahead and be ready for may 15th and we'll see you soon